Hey, I'm so grateful and thankful to be here on tonight as always. Uh, you know, I was telling uh, Jay that I uh, had some meetings today, so I dressed a little differently, but it's always a great joy to be with you all. I love the way you love God, and you're not ashamed. Unashamedly, you worship him, and we're so grateful for you. Can we give it up for Jay and the BCM team and USF? Amen. Amen. You guys are absolutely wonderful, and I'm grateful and thankful. Uh, my assignment for tonight uh, is peace. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. We're going to look at uh, another passage, if you will, but that's our subject, if you will, tonight, peace, the peace of God uh, for us. And, and I want to look at uh, John chapter 14, verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 27. Uh, if you would, your Bible or your app, and I always like to express my gratitude and offer thanksgiving to God, first and foremost, uh, for giving the privilege that he graciously granted uh, to my church family, No Greater Love, uh, who could not be here on tonight. And my wife may come in a little later. She was working late, but I'm grateful to be with you all on tonight. Uh, John chapter 14, verse 27. And there we will find these words as Jesus avowed. Peace I leave with you. My peace I have given unto you, not as the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. We honor you. We praise you for your everlasting goodness, your loving kindness, your tender mercies. God, we thank you for your mighty acts and your wondrous works. Thank you for your son, Jesus the Christ, who died in our stead, who suffered for our sin, our shame, and our guilt because of your great compassion and your sacrificial love. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit, our teacher, our comforter, our guide. Thank you, Father, for your holy word. And I pray, Lord, that you would enable me by your spirit to share your word, your glorious truth with your people, and may we be inspired. And reminded, oh God, of your provisions and what you produce in our hearts and in our lives by your spirit. Your peace, your peace that surpasses all understanding and goes well beyond human comprehension. God, thank you for Jay and the entire BCM team and USF students. And just pray and ask you to continue to abundant and bountiful blessings upon each of them in every aspect of their lives. And we praise your glorious name forever for your goodness, your grace, and your greatness unto us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to talk to you this evening for a moment from uh, this thought, the peace of mind, that the peace that God graciously grants us, and bountifully bestows upon us. I'm reminded of a story I read once upon a time of a man years ago who sought out the perfect picture of peace and not finding that picture of peace he decided to set out competition that, that would arouse the imagination of artists all over the world from far and near. And so he decided to do a competition to bring in drawings of the best one who would depict the perfect picture of peace. And as you can imagine, pictures began to come in from all over the world in the day uh, to reveal had arrived and many had gathered and, and they clapped and they cheered as paintings were unveiled one by one. And there was finally two paintings left. And one of the judges unveiled the first of those two paintings. And, 
And, and surely this would be the picture of peace. It was a picture of mirror smooth lake uh, that was that was gleaming, in, if you will. And, and there on the, the green grass was sheep that were grazing undisturbed. And it sat underneath the blessed sky of the evening. Surely this was a picture of peace. Yet there was one more picture to be unveiled. And this picture was unveiled and a hush fell across the room. It was filled with a gasp as the people looked at it and said, surely this cannot be the picture of peace. It was a picture with a tumultuous waterfall cascading on a rocky precipice. And there at the base of that precipice was a spindly tree that, that extended out. And in the elbow of that tree was a little bird that rested on her eggs, eyes closed. And in the midst of this tumultuous environment, it was peace. You see, this picture of this little bird pictures the kind of peace that transcends all earthly turmoil. That's the kind of peace that God gives us. See, some think that peace is the absence of trouble. Some think that peace is the absence of conflict. Some think that peace is the absence of contingencies that we experience in the course of life. And you don't have to invite troubles into your life. You don't have to invite troubles. They will come without you licking a stamp, placing it on an envelope and extending an invitation. Trouble will arise in life. Life happens. It doesn't matter who we are. Life happens. But God's peace is not dependent upon the absence of conflict in our lives. God's peace can be realized even in the midst of tumultuous circumstances, even in the midst of turbulent activities, even in the midst of troublesome episodes in our lives. God's peace supersedes whatever we experience in the course of life. Jesus says it right here in the text. He says, peace, I leave with you. A peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that goes well beyond human comprehension. Now, it's important to note this because the, the, Jesus makes a distinction between the peace of the world and the peace that he gives. Right here in the text, I'm not making it up. He says, peace, I leave with you my peace. He says, I give unto you, not as the world give it. And the world gives, that ETH, that suffix on give, implies continuous and perpetual action. The world is constantly trying to give us peace. We look for peace and fame and fortune and popularity and prestige only to come up miserable. You think that the world will give us peace and the world gives us a moment of excitement? It's almost as if we're at Bush Garden riding a roller coaster. One minute we find ourselves accelerating to the heights of celebration, only to be suddenly dropped into the pits of sadness and then abruptly thrown into curves of misery. And without your consent, you can be spontaneously twisted upside down in a position of depression and anxiety. That's what life offers us. As we look to things of this world, but it's fading, it's vanishing and it's fading fast. Jesus says it's not dependent on any of these things. I know that there are many. And I remember Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, who claimed to hold the world peace. And they did it by subjugation and, and suppression. But here is the reality. Epicurus, uh, a Greek philosopher, once said that if we're going to have peace in life, we must eliminate the pain of our bodies and the troubles of our mind. Did you get that? If we're going to have peace, we must obliterate. We must 
extinguish the pain in our body and the troubles of our mind. In other words, the implication is life happens and you cannot separate yourself from these things. He essentially implies we must not have any emotional involvement. We must not have any personal relationships and we must literally detach ourselves from this world. The point is life happens, but God's peace supersedes the happenings of life. And it's so important to remember that you can be in the midst of a storm like that little bird and still be at peace. Peace speaks to several things. Number one, it speaks to harmony and relationship with God. But it also speaks to the assurance that we have because of God's wonderful promises unto us that no matter what transpires in the course of life, God can keep and preserve us and guard us by his peace. You see, because peace is not Dependent on the things that are external. Peace is really about what's internal. And it begins with a relationship. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 that we have been justified by faith. We've been declared righteous by God and we now have peace with him. That means a relationship. Because of the atoning work of Jesus Christ and saving faith that he gives us because the Bible says in Romans 12 and 3 that the measure of faith we have, God graciously grants it. So everything we ever need, God provides. And he says when we express saving faith in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, we can experience his peace. But you can have peace with God in terms of relationship without having the peace of God for a lack of fellowship. Let me say that again. You can be in a relationship with God and have peace because he has declared us righteous. But we can be walking with God, not in fellowship and not have the peace of God. There is a difference between uh, a peace with God or relationship and the peace of God through fellowship. Let me say it a different way. Perhaps you have a companion or a friend and you take great joy in the relationship that you have, the, the likes and the interests that you share, the walks in the parks and on campus and, and studying together and the googly eyes and all of that stuff and the candy that you may get for Valentine's Day. And all of that's beautiful. But then there are those moments where we're not really talking right now. And it's not the easiest experience. Right. But you still have a relationship. And yet when we're not interacting one with another in a way that is healthy, right? It's the difference with fellowship. But God wants you to know that no matter where you are, his peace transcends. And I don't want to be presumptuous. I don't want to make any assumptions. But I want you to know with assurance that because of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter where you are in the course of life, sometimes it gets tough if we can be honest and transparent one with another. But God says his peace supersedes your tumultuous situation. The peace of this world is not like the peace of God. The peace of this world tends to find peace in things that we can achieve and attain and things that we can accomplish that are quickly fading. The peace of this world is not like God. Listen, God's peace. The peace of this world is dependent on the things that are external. That's why we have a thing called happiness, but God's peace and God's joy is totally different, right? The word happiness, yes, the suffix implies a state or condition of being happy, but here is the problem. The root word of happy is hap, and it means a chance. It means that things can, can be good one day and bad the next day. That's the peace that this world gives. 
The world offers things to us that seemingly would bring joy and, and peace and promising. But the reality is it doesn't measure up to God's peace. Not only is there the peace of the world to make the distinction, as Jesus said here in the text, the peace I give you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world give it, give I unto you, but let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See there he says, let not your heart be troubled. You can have assurance and God's promises that regardless to the temperament of life, God is able to intervene and preserve you. That's what I love about God. He may not always deliver us out of in the moment what we're grappling with, but God can preserve us, shape us, forge us and fashion us, strengthen us in our faith, even when we are going through. He says his peace will cause our hearts to not be troubled. Neither will we be afraid. We don't have to fear because God's promises are yea and amen. My second point, the peace of God and Christ. In the beginning, the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 26, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. That word us in plural form speaks to the Trinitarian God, if you will. God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this is not polytheism, right? Multiple gods. This is oneness. How do you know that? Thank you so much for asking. The Bible says in John 10 and 30 that Jesus himself says, I and the father are one. In fact, not only the father, but as well as the Holy Spirit. And first John chapter five, verse seven, he says there are three that bears witness in heaven. The father, the word and the Holy Spirit. And the three are one. Who is the word? That's a great question. I love it that you're so inquisitive tonight. But the Bible says in John chapter one, verse one, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And everything that was made was made by the word. Well, who is the word in the Greek is the logos, but it's Jesus himself. How do you know that? Because the 14th verse of that same book says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the only begotten of the father full of glory and truth. They're one. And Jesus Christ gave his life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. That peace, that, that relationship. Jesus did not commit a sin. He was obedient unto death, but he bore our sin, our shame. And our guilt, he gave himself, he suffered uh, in, in our stead, he suffered on our behalf for our deliverance. But not only did he die a brutal death for you and I, he rose victoriously again on the third day so that we may have forgiveness of sin and the gift of eternal life. That which we do not deserve, but God graciously grants. He gives us life. He gives us peace. He gives us what we do not deserve and what we do not merit. But praise be to God for his peace. My last point. Not only do we see the peace of the world in contrast to the peace that we see in God and Christ, but the peace of the Holy Spirit. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 the Bible tells us that the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace. And it goes on to say goodness and, and, and meekness and temperance and, and faith. He produces this peace in our hearts and, and in our lives. 
family, if you don't mind me calling you that, as as Jay said, and I often call him Pastor Jay. But as, as he says, we're family now. But listen, every day of your life, if you're anything like me, sometimes it can feel like an almond joy or mound. Know what that is? Sometimes you feel like a, and sometimes you don't. The ebbs and flows and the ins and outs and the ups and downs of life. But here is the beauty of God's peace. God's peace is inward. God's peace brings serenity to our spirit. God's peace brings tranquility to our being. God's peace brings a calmness and a stillness to our hearts and, and, and our minds. That no matter what we're going through, in the midst of tumultuous circumstances, in the midst of storms, when you think about all that's going on in our world from hunger to famine, when you think about all the issues that you see in the course of life and the things that people are enraged by and embittered to, when you think about all those things, you think there must not be a chance for real peace. But let's go back to that bird in the beginning. Think about this for a moment. In the midst of a tumultuous waterfall, there is this bird. That's calm, peaceful, and it's a picture of what God's peace looks like. Maybe you're here tonight, and you may be dealing with some challenges. I don't want to impose upon you by any measure, but I do know as we live life, the struggles of being in college and the pressure, the peer pressure, and all the things that we tend to grapple with. And everywhere you seem to turn, it's like, where is their peace? God says, Jesus says unto us, peace I leave with you. But it's up to you and I to embrace what he graciously offers and extends. I don't have this, but if by chance I knew a donor who could pay off all your debt for the rest of your life and basically give you a black card and say, whatever you need, spike it. How many of you would be willing to accept that? Would you accept that? Would you accept that card to pay off everything you ever owed for the rest of your life? Wouldn't that be a joyous experience? Talk back to me. Would you accept that? Jesus, family, has graciously granted us far more as I go to my seat than we could ever even imagine. Far more than the black card can ever do for us. He satisfied an insurmountable Debt. He paid an astronomical price so that we might have peace. And the reason why I said it's a peace that supersedes human comprehension, a peace that's unspeakable, a peace that brings tranquility in the midst of storms, is because we depend and we rely and we trust that with our whole hearts the Lord Jesus Christ, and knowing confidently, being fully persuaded and absolutely assured that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. Will you permit the peace that Christ 
desires for you and I to experience relationship and fellowship with him despite the storms of life.